0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic will have a five point lead at Christmas After beating Aberdeen who are appealing Sam Cosgrove's red card Rangers did their part beating Hibs on Friday amid ugly scenes at Easter Road And Hearts woes continue as Motherwell move back into third I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Hibs have done the right thing today by involving Police Scotland in last Friday's shameful scenes at Easter Road Lobbing a bottle at someone comes under the heading of criminality the courts deal with criminality. We've got a tremendous finish to the Premiership year. It would be nice to think we could enjoy it without players being endangered by spectators. The players provide the atmosphere. The fans also provide the atmosphere and the excitement. And those intent on poisoning the atmosphere, we can do without. Yeah, not a good weekend, Gordon, for me. Uh, it was the same old, same old. Uh, the old firm winning. What a win it was for the Ackies. Important three points. Motherwell up to third now. Livingston. Having taken four off Ross County up to six Red cards Bottle throwing <laughs> We've got all this to go in Another couple of days again Our round of fixtures I'm oh. really looking forward to it 01419511025 If you want to have your say On any of the weekend's Big talking points This is your weekend review With Hugh Keevans And Alex Ray So don't hang about Give us a call Get your opinion across Or you can tweet us If you would prefer That's at Clyde SSB If you're on Twitter In usual Monday night fashion Go on then Hugh Give us your result Of the weekend please I am going for Livy 4, Ross County 0. Takes Livy into the top six. Two wins on the bounds. Ten goals in their last three games. And Lyndon Dykes becomes the first ever Livingston player to score a hat-trick in the top flight. Well done, Gary Holt and all at Livy. Yeah, I'm going to go for the Aki's goal. And I just think the importance of that 2-1 win. They haven't won in a dozen games. And I'm now off the foot of the table So well done to uh, Chipper over at Hamilton Okay, uh, good shortlist this week for goal oh. of the week I would imagine, what did you go for? I'm going to follow on from what Alex said about Brian Rice And the Ackies and go for Mikael Miller His first goal against Hearts Terrific Yeah, uh, the, uh, the construction of that goal, Gordon I was actually, that's the one I had in my mind But when you did research now, it's important <laughs> uh, I was looking down the leagues as well To see what was out there, Hugh Morton versus Alaba Nicky Cadden It was across for the right hand side Chris Sutton's chesty dip John Sorry John Sutton's chesty dip To about 18, 20 yards And he's had a left foot volley Right into the postage stamp It was mm. sensational Good weekend on the goal front Look at Joe Rebo's Even Odson Edwards Was a sweeping move so Lovely, good, yeah. good standard this weekend And at Jermaine Defoe I thought Absolutely. Jermaine Defoe's goal yeah. Was terrific What about your howler of the weekend then For anyone who's never heard The howler of the weekend This can be anything from A goalkeeping mistake A sitter in front of goal A refereeing error Anything really The floor is yours I'm going to kickstart Eamon Brophy's season here Because look what I did For Christian Dodge <laughs> uh, A terrible miss from Brophy In the 1-0 defeat At Rugby Park From Motherwell It was 1-0 Brophy had the chance To equalise No wonder he had his head In his hands And his head then Buried in his jersey Terrible miss Yeah I have to agree with you I went for uh, Hearts as a team And as a club Where they're at at the moment Is my howler Excessive howling As Hugh Keevans calls it Listen You get excessive (laughs) And then you get Hearts Two wins In 19 games Hugh It's almost a half a season You know If it was all league games You've got the director of football issue You've got the the Ex-manager Picking players Trying to get rid of players You've got uh, the assistant manager who wanted to be the manager, now part of the recruitment process. Stendhal at the weekend looked broken. 
Hearts for me are a shambles 01419511025 in the phones At Clyde SSB on Twitter Let's get stuck into the weekend's big talking points As Hugh Keevan says Hibs have issued a statement today Handing over CCTV footage to Police Scotland So we're going to look at that in just a little while Let's start by talking about tackling Red card tackles Because we saw two this weekend So I think fans of all teams can get involved in this It was Ryan Porteous first on Friday It was Sam Cosgrove then on Saturday afternoon Are they both red cards? Is just one of them a red card? Should none of them be a red card in your eyes? Give us your own personal take on it 0141-951-1025 There were some similarities None if you believe Derek McInnes But you know, oh. in terms of the high profile nature Both flying into tackles I think for the purposes of our discussion We can lump them together and ask you were they both reds? Were none of them reds? Was one red and not the other? You tell us 01419511025 Derek McInnes Let's kick off by hearing from him He says Sam Cosgrove's tackle was brilliant uh, The defender was winking and laughing He says at Cosgrove afterwards He also claims Neil Lennon said They were harshly done by with the red card uh, Aberdeen are going to appeal that decision The game runs away with what I felt was a, a poor decision I thought the referee had a very good game But I've just said that People saying to me there are Talking about similar, putting in the same brackets, Portis last night. There's nothing like the Portis tackle. Portis clearly makes contact with the player last night. Cosgrove's watched it 50 times, 20 times now, and he's won the ball cleanly. If he goes in at speed and 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 kits the player at any point, then you can understand maybe a referee sending him off. Um, but when you get in at speed like that, you've got to make sure you get the ball. And 100%, it's a brilliant tackle. He makes the ball. He, he probably doesn't need to go in it as quick as he does. But he, he has won the ball cleanly. Um, and then you get big Ayer lying, winking at him and laughing at him, lying on the ground. Um, nothing wrong with the boy. The boy's carries on. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with him. He's running about out there. He's, he's a very good player. But if Sam Cosgrove, I'll say, if Sam Cosgrove's hit Ayer going at that speed, Ayer's hurt. And the boy's clearly not hurt. It's a brilliant tackle. I suppose spoke to Lenny. First thing he said there after the game, and I know it's easy for a winning manager to say it, but he says, uh, no way, it's a red card. You know, and... But that's, that was more of a dugout, you know, and, and Lenny thinks we've been uh, harshly treated there. Uh, I think we've been very harshly treated there. And there's no to say, Celtic are 2-1 up, they're a strong team, they're going well. It's no to say it changes the, the, the course of the result, but it certainly gives us a better chance if Cosgrove stays on the pitch. So this really goes out to fans of all teams, because you've got Celtic and Aberdeen involved, Hibs and Rangers, but I know everyone's interested in, in tackling or the art of tackling, so were they both red cards? Was Porteous and Cosgrove, were they both right? Were they both wrong? Was one of them right and one of them wrong? You tell us 0141-951-1025 Both right, both wrong Somewhere in the middle, Hugh? Both red for me Really? Um, Porteous is a scandalous challenge uh, He's absolutely no complaint whatsoever He went off the park complaining But I don't think his head was in the right place at that time I think he had lost the plot And the, the challenge on Barisic was disgraceful With regard to Cosgrove It is... Christopher Ayer's good fortune that he wasn't injured, I think, because Cosgrove is off the ground. He has made a long run to get to Ayer, who's in a position that's not threatening in any way. And I think it's just Ayer's good fortune that he wasn't hurt in that challenge. Um, I think Portis is stick on. I've yet to hear anybody with any clout at all uh, say that it wasn't. And... Um, um, the higher one's a really interesting one, Gordon Because I can see why the referee has given it Because as Hugh says, he's run at pace And when we seen a, a footage at the weekend It looked to me as if it was high 
uh, I, the fact of the matter is he's clearly taken the ball and his trailing leg has caught Ayer round about the lower end of the ankle. Now, I'm not exactly sure whether the trailing leg has the same impact, same force as the leading leg because that's the one that does most damage when you point to attack of that nature. So um, I can understand why Derek McInnes has a grievance about it. And But one of the questions, and I need to know the ruling of this, Gordon, would be is, do you have to make contact before... It's a red. Well, the serious foul play rule is this, right? We'll read it, and you yeah. can always you can always twist these words to suit your own it's, it's interpretation. Um, but the word is that on serious foul play, a tackle or a challenge that endangers the safety of an opponent or uses excessive force or brutality must be sanctioned. The serious foul play. Any player who lunges at an opponent in challenging for the ball from the front. Side or from behind Using one or both legs With excessive force Or endangers the safety Of an opponent Is guilty of serious foul play So you can You, you can you, certainly see How it falls into that bracket Yeah You can more or less say that For every tackle then Because every tackle Either comes from the side mm. Or off Yeah but they don't all Have an excessive force And they don't always Endanger yeah. the safety Yeah but I'm just saying In terms of you You can go in for a vigorous tackle You know from the side And get the ball Most people go That's fair enough You know but it's it's very open-ended I think it's, it's subjective to the referee Gordon And that's what I'm saying It is very difficult Because when he runs at the pace That Hugh actually talks about And he, and, and he actually clearly gets the ball And he thrown, I don't think the, the triple roll from Ayer Helps uh, Cosgrove's plight You know because if, if, You know I think it was minimal contact at best And uh, you know To roll at like that Would have gave the referee a better uh, Idea of maybe a red Right, let's talk about tackles in general then. What about Portis? What about Cosgrove? Were they both the right decisions in your mind? What did you think of them? Were they both right, both wrong? Maybe you saw one was correct and one was wrong. There are various combinations there. So you tell us. 01419511025. Paul is a Celtic fan. He's first up tonight. Hi, Paul. Hey, hi, Gordon. Hi, Alex. Thank hi, you. Paul. Hi. Uh, <clears throat> I saw the, the Ryan Fortis tackle. Uh, on the television, and I was I was at the game, uh, the Celtic Aberdeen game, Saturday. Obviously, I think if ones are sending off, the two of them are sending off. But I think the two of them are sending off. Uh, but I'm not as bothered about the the Rangers tackle, to be honest, because that's no it's not my team. So I'm going to concentrate more on the uh, the Celtic tackle. The thing that I've got the the biggest problem with about the tackle is he did get the ball right, but. If it, if Ayer doesn't get out of the road yet, he's getting absolutely wiped out and he's getting tackled running about the knees, right? So I found Derek McInnes' comments absolutely embarrassing. I thought he'd, he'd totally lost the plot and he was like, a wee boy in the huff getting interviewed. You know, I mean, he maybe shouldn't have took the interview at that time, but he was basically saying that it would only have mattered if Ayer had been clattered and been rolled about. That guy's a cracking big player. It was a great game, uh, and big boy Colesgrove was a good player. But it shouldn't have been like that. If you get like that, you're giving the referee a decision to make. And Derek McKenzie's comments about how having a wee laugh and having a wink and stuff, I just found his interview totally embarrassing. Well, the only thing that intrigues me about Derek's interview, and you're right, uh, immediately after a game is sometimes not the best time to ask managers about high-profile incidents like that. However. The only thing that intrigues me about It's the best time for us interview, Yeah of course <laughs> For what it's worth uh, He says that Neil Lennon Said to him right away That it was never a red card I think I'm right in saying that Neil Lennon is doing the press tomorrow uh, Ahead of the St Mirren game I would like To hear Neil Lennon confirm That he said To Derek McInnes It was never a red card I would like to hear that From Neil Lennon's mouth 
Uh, and if he does say it, then as Celtic manager, I'll say to him, well, fair play to you. I, I thought it was a red card. If you say you didn't think it was a red card, okay. But I would like to hear whether or not Neil Lennon confirms that he said to Derek McInnes it was not a red card. What about specifically Derek McInnes's part about, you know, Ayer wasn't hurt. If Cosgrove had caught him, he would have yeah. been hurt. Yeah. Does, does, should that, is that relevant when you're no. talking about whether it's a, a red card or not? Not, not for me. Uh, I, I think that uh, the Nokia goes off there <laughs> unexpectedly. Uh, I think that uh, the fact that Christopher Ayer wasn't hurt is not the main argument here. Uh, he could have been hurt The way in which Cosgrove Went in to him And I fully accept He got the ball But For me if you look at The wide angle As soon as Ayer makes the tackle On the Aberdeen player Cosgrove sets off And he sets off At such pace And with such clear intent I think it's fortunate For Christopher Ayer That he wasn't hurt And therefore for me Disproportionate force and a red card What do you think Paul? I think See the fact that he even mentioned That Neil Lennon said that I think that's a bit embarrassing as well It's like It just shows a total lack of professionalism uh, And his points uh, Honestly it was like a, a wee boy in the huff I thought it was ridiculous I thought it was absolutely embarrassing his interview. No but he's a manager who just lost a big game At Celtic Park In front of 60,000 people and he's fighting his club's corner. Um, he's not going to come in and say, well, Cosgrove deserved to go off, we deserve to be beaten. Um, managers will fight their corner. Sometimes they fight it in a way that they can't really defend, and that's where people like us come in, because we can pick holes in it. But I, I don't think it was embarrassing. Mm. It's a manager fighting his corner. Well, let's hear what John Kennedy had to say. He was on media duty um, on Saturday. He says that Cosgrove gave the referee a decision to make with the way he went into the tackle. I think it's one where I don't think he fully catches him. I think he just nicks him and obviously comes the ball. But I think, again, the modern dates, when you, you fly in at that speed and you leave the ground and there's a form of recklessness about it, then the referee, you give the referee a decision to make and in his eyes it was a red card, so that's up to him. Well, the referees are there to protect you. you know, it's, it's not... Ideal, but you know Derek will probably see it differently in terms of the player winning the ball. Again, they change the rules to try and protect the players, and you know that's the way the referee's seen it. So that's that's his call on it. Yeah, I think I mean, exactly what I said. I said there was minimal contact, you know. But I, again, I can understand why the referee's giving mm-hmm. it, Gordon, because when you're running at that pace. But going back to Hugh's point there is, if I'm the Aberdeen manager and I see a reaction, at least he's he's what 15 yards away for the incident for the initial tackle for Ayer. At least he's making some sort of effort and kind of spirited to try and go and get the ball. Now, it might be a wee bit more excessive than it should have been, but at least you want your players to run around. Now, going back to Paul's point there, the amount of times I've heard managers across the board come in after a press conference and goes, I spoke to the fourth official. He says it was never a foul, or it was never this, or it was never that. So to then go, it's Derek McInnes. He's actually calling it as he sees it. He's, he's actually said that Neil Lennon uh, said to him he felt as if it was harsh. Mm. So I don't think that's any big deal. I don't think it's him crying. He's just saying that we, the manager said to him at the time. You've even got the assistant manager come out and going, well, you know, it's very minimal contact. So they obviously feel as if they're hard done by Aberdeen. And it's yeah. their right to come out and say that. Does, John Kennedy does rhyme off the other aspects to you about being off the ground. I think that bit's undeniable. Uh-huh. I think the speed which he goes in at is undeniable. Yeah. Does it strike you as the... T- and I know you've said it's a red, but just looking at all the boxes that it ticks or doesn't tick, does it strike you as the type of decision that... 
they could get overturned on appeal? Well, have they, first of all, issued notice of appeal? I think so, yeah. They says we're going to do it here. Right. Well, I don't think the appeal would work. However, perfectly entitled to try mm. and, and get Sam Crosgrove off. But the old cynic in me wants to hear on Super Scoreboard tomorrow night at six o'clock when I turn on the radio, I want to hear Neil Lennon say, yeah, I did say that to Dan McKenna. See, to be honest, what actual relevance to the decision does that have? Because it's it's still just Neil Lennon's opinion. And even if even if Neil Lennon says also, yeah, do you know what? I thought it was a bit harsh. That's not going to have any impact whatsoever on whether the appeal is successful or not. Yeah, but what will excite you and the listeners is if Neil Lennon says in his press conference tomorrow, I don't know what mm. Derek McInnes is talking about. I didn't say that to yeah. him at all. Uh, John's a Rangers fan. What about the tackles, John? Uh, first of all, gentlemen, I hope he's all ready for Christmas and New Year. I hope he's have a great first of time, you and your families. Thank you very much. Thanks for a great show. Thanks for a great show over a year. Very kind. Right. First of all, Rangers outstanding. Right. But Ryan Fortius, why was he still in the park when he made the tackle? I think everybody's uh, missed a big, big point after eight minutes. Well, the uh, did you notice that? Is this the, penalty, the, yeah. the push yeah. on yeah. Defoe? Yeah That yeah, wasn't a push Well You get what I mean <laughs> Gordon If that's put a four arm into somebody's face And both arms into his face I'm sorry That wasn't a push I wasn't trying to take anything away from it John Forgive me for using a word that doesn't suit you The reason it gets lost is because it comes as Rangers score Yeah That's why that, It's quite simple Whether we agree with that logic or not That's why no one yeah. spoke about it Because Rangers yeah. go and stick the ball in the net Yeah listen Portis is actually kind of Kind of Pushed him to the ground Really I didn't It's not quite, a push I, Alex Come on Listen I didn't see him Listen, listen uh, John I'm just telling you Go what Google I it, Alex. Go Google it then Go and Google it then John, I've, John, you I've, tell me this. John I've seen it I'm, what I'm saying well, I'm giving you my interpretation John It might differ for yours But I'm giving you, you mine been, So what I'm saying you is playing doing stuff like that <laughs> Listen we're not talking about me John We're talking about Listen that, in any days it was encouraged um, But what I'm saying is uh, For me it was just a push away uh, it could quite easily have been a penalty when somebody's trying to make a beeline for a, a particular area of the box. I don't think that was, uh, and the fact that Rangers scored on the back of it, but I think Portis is a really good talent. I, I, the fact he gets into the Scotland squad tells you that. He's, he's, he's a good, bright, young talent. He's in danger of getting a reputation of trying to do fellow pros. He did yeah. it last year against Koulibaly, and he did it again the other day. And the fact to you uh, that it's kind of calculated that he slows down his approach... And then when he goes low And then it ends up can, uh-huh. Coming back up to the knee And that is See when you watch it back for me. He might even have been able To just sprint straight over To where the ball is And clear it up the line the He right might foot, not yeah. even have had To, to even tackle at, at all I didn't realise on, on first viewing It was yes. only now that I've seen it back yeah. That he's actually favourite To get there first And he deliberately slows down That's the bit that, that think, sends alarm bells isn't I think it? you're absolutely correct About the I think you're absolutely correct With reference to uh, Ryan Jack uh, Portis no, uh, no, Porteous on Ryan Jack. Uh, Ed Barisic. Defoe. Oh, Defoe. Defoe. we're getting there. Just name uh, them all. <laughs> uh, the, the fact, the fact, the ball, the fact, the ball is sent into the net by Aribo, Aribo yeah. takes it all away. Porteous on Barisic, for me, is premeditated. Now it's all about interpretation, as Alec has said. Yeah. For me, that was premeditated. He, Porteous, had lost the plot altogether. He did it deliberately And we've seen other instances of players do it We had Jordan Jones on uh, Bauer In the first Rangers Celtic match of the season And he paid the penalty in more ways than one Uh, Whether Porteous thinks he's appealing to the crowd Because they're 
they're heavily beaten by Rangers and he's going to leave a mark on a Rangers player. Whether that was his intention, I don't know. But for me, it looked premeditated. He has a talent, but he diminishes that talent by these periodic bouts of madness that he has. John, thank you very much for the call. That was John and Paisley on 01419511025. We really need to get some travel. We're already running late for it. A bit of breaking news this afternoon that Hibs have handed police CCTV footage of four men throwing missiles during the game against Rangers. We're going to hear from Jack Ross, Stephen Gerrard, and we're going to hear from you as well after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here looking back on all the weekend's biggest talking points from the weird and wonderful world of Scottish football. We're on Twitter as well as the phones. We're at Clyde SSB. Uh, Celtic Forever says, Can someone explain to McInnes him? Cosgrove catching or not Ayer is irrelevant If it's dangerous It's a red card That's the rules Get over it Raffles is on a similar line You don't need to be hurt For it to be a befoul Getting the ball Does not allow you To go through a player McInnes talking nonsense Here's one from Christopher Christopher McPhillips says In my humble opinion Cosgrove deserved the red Ayer should have been given A yellow For making a meal Of the tackle If the red stands A subsequent yellow Should be issued I am a Celtic fan Says Christopher uh, You can't issue subsequent yellow So that, that certainly how, won't how, happen But an interesting take Nevertheless how, how do you actually prove A meal was made of it In the first place Well like I say You can't get subsequent yellows But Christopher is a Celtic fan He wants to acknowledge Ayer part in it So if you want to give us a call It's 0141 951 Like I said We are going to hear from Stephen Gerrard And Jack Ross On bottle throwing Believe me I wish that was a topic We did not have to cover On a show on a Monday night uh, But we will take a look at that in the very near future Let's speak to John first though He's got more thoughts on The tackle or tackles John What do you think? Hi guys How you doing? Good yeah, thanks Good John uh, All the best for Christmas When it comes to you Even you Alec Even though you can't be impartial mate You know what I mean? But anyway like, I need more I carry on John <laughs> Merry Christmas I, I, Merry Christmas <laughs> I, seen, I seen the tackle on Saturday right And I phoned And I thought it wasn't I thought it wasn't a red card But watching it again he was he was right out of control with his feet, and I, I don't like agreeing with you, but I, I, I think agreeing with you again makes you feel a bit uneasy, doesn't it, John? See, end of the day, Alec, I know you're saying what you call it excessive force. If he, had, I know what that tackle reminded me. The one that Guinea, I think the boy was on John Kennedy. If he had caught I, I guy had got out the road, right? But you're saying it was I was clever enough, Alec, to get out the road because if he went out the road, it could finish his career. You know what I mean, John? That's why, so, I, John. That's why I said at the top of the program, I can see why the referee's given it because it's excessive. I can see that, John. That's exactly what I said. So uh, that kind of agrees with what you said, even though it's impartial. But carry on. No, but even even in Saturday, Alec got another point with you. You still need to get it out of your head, by the way, about this Julian goal as well. You keep mentioning it all the time, mate. John, it was it was a wee joke on Saturday. Julian scored. I said maybe this one would be less controversial. Alex said maybe it wouldn't be offside. It was just a wee joke, John. It was a sort of tongue in cheek. I don't think we need a, a post mortem on it. Uh, you, you need to get over it. It'll ruin your Christmas, Alex. Anyway. <laughs> Let's face it, right? Uh, all kidding aside, Big Cosgrove, I think the way he went into the, the excessive force, you know what I mean, I think that's how, would you call it, he got the red card. Because it he, he, he was out of control when he seen it again. Obviously, the referee seen it called as he seen it. But as I, I watched it last night again, and as I say, you see it again, it's really a bad tackle as far as I'm marking me. I don't like agreeing with you, you know what I mean? Hugh, I have got a real pet hate about. Judging tackles or incidents on still images, pictures yes. I think it's absolutely pointless yeah. However, I'm going to contradict myself here And go, the, the still does, what it does show you Beyond all doubt, is that he, he is off the ground 
Uh-huh. He is the, yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. way you could question. deny that part yeah, yeah. So those are the ones that As Alex says I think maybe the best phrase is that It doesn't surprise you That it's a red Does that make sense? Like Even if you don't yeah. think Even if you yourself would have given a yellow Once nowadays in yeah. 2019 When you see a player And there is daylight between the ground and his boots Yeah it, it doesn't really surprise you we, when, when the red falls we, we now have the disciplinary world's version of VAR Because this will go at Aberdeen's request uh, Before a judicial panel And they will decide whether the red card was legitimate or not And John and everyone else Will just have to put up with the verdict If the red card is revoked Then there's no point in John coming on and complaining because, as I say, this is the disciplinary world's version of VAR. People will sit in judgment of that. I think it's a red card. Alex, maybe not so sure as as me, but now it will go to a second opinion, and that's fair. Thank you very much. That was John on the line on 01419511025. Hopefully speak to you soon, John. Let's look at another of the big talking points. Let's be honest, it's a pretty unsavoury one. Make no mistake about it. Wish we didn't have to discuss this stuff It's a lot of nonsense Because people should behave However Hibs have handed police CCTV footage Of four men Throwing missiles During Friday night's defeat by Rangers A statement today I will Paraphrase it Hibs confirmed It's passing over CCTV to police Scotland Several incidents An initial review Has identified four men Throwing missiles Including a glass bottle We'll continue to review We expect to identify any others Fans must understand Throwing missiles is dangerous For the players Fellow fans It blackens the good name Of the club All supporters identified As taking part Will be dealt with By the club And by the legal process We invested In enhanced CCTV To tackle precisely This kind of behaviour And those who misbehave Should know We'll leave no stone unturned To identify them And bring them to book Says the Hibs statement Lee Ann Dempster The chief executive At East Road Had no other option Because Hibs have gathered A reputation They had thousands of fans On a pitch at Hamden After winning the Scottish Cup And not one bit of action Was taken against them It was incredible Absolutely incredible So it gave them Carte blanche uh, since then we've had uh, James Tavernier attacked at Easter Road We've had Barisic Very fortunate to escape injury At Easter Road on Friday The throwing of a bottle For me represents criminality The courts deal with criminality Heart, The Hibs have not turned in One of their own supporters No matter how many other supporters Care to see it that way Hibs have done what they had to do They've involved the police Because an act of criminality took place And they had better Clean up their act Hibs Because They're moving towards the day When something will be done about them right, What's your view on this then? 01419511025 Do you have any ideas? Any solutions? How do fans get into grounds With those things in the first place? What about the old arguments of Self-policing? Strict liability These are phrases that always come up With incidents like this What's your idea What are your experiences What are your solutions 01419511025 Stephen Gerrard says A severe example Needs to be made Of missile throwers To stop it happening mm-hmm. He also says Football is going backwards With this kind of behaviour Well I think only actions From the clubs Will will help Or, or stop it In the, in the long run um, We can't just All talk about it in, in the media There's got to be Serious actions taken You know they need to be Identified The individuals Because I do believe It's a, a minority and um, they need to be identified and punished, but punished heavily, so it, it, it stops other people trying to do it in the future. It's a, it's a crazy decision. 
uh, to, to throw a glass bottle onto a football pitch is a crazy. The damage you could do with that is unthinkable, if you like. So um, it's very disappointing to see that. Yeah, I think if the punishment's not severe enough, um, people will continue to make bad decisions uh, from the terraces. So um, there needs to be an example set, a, a severe one, and then it'll make people think, I, I believe, and things will improve. Uh, but it does seem as if we're going backwards rather than forwards. It goes quiet for a little while and you think, oh, people are listening and you know, us as managers and players will continue to, to say the right things, the right messages, but fans need to take responsibility for their own actions when they go to the game. They need to go and watch the football rather than misbehave. Yeah, I said I said in the social media the other day, Hugh, that uh, an incident like the other night should be a jail term for the individual who threw it up uh-huh. because of the consequences. I've been thinking about it over the course of the weekend in terms of we said about levels of pie, bovro, tea, whatever it may well be, and then you get the bottle scenario. If we, as a, 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 a the, the Scottish FA, the SPFL, if they decided to go, if you throw any item, plastic bottle, anything onto a pitch, that is a lifetime ban for that individual. That is the consequences. Mm. If it's a bottle hue, and then Police Scotland have to get in, and then it's uh-huh. a criminal act, then act with the severest mm. of... Uh, consequences because that is getting worse, and then we have to do a deterrent to stop this. Yeah. The ultimate question here is, is how do you stop it? Because I know we're all quite. Um, some people might be fascinated by the punishment and making sure it's the right punishment, but actually, we all want it to just stop. So the punishment is is the deterrence supposedly. Yeah, so to yeah. go back on something Stephen Gerrard says, and again, this is not to to criticise Stephen Gerrard because he, he speaks very well on the topic, but he just talks about. Um, what was the phrase? A severe example needs to be made. So go back to something we covered on Saturday. The guy who ran on at James Tavernier from the same part of Easter Road last year uh-huh. was jailed. Now, I don't know, is that not the most severe example you can make of someone? Yet someone who sits in a similar part of the ground was not deterred because they decided to throw the glass bottle. So what what do we do? Well, first of all, uh, Stephen Gerrard was right when he said it's a, a, a minority. Of course it's a minority. He was not correct when he said only the clubs can do something about this. No. The courts can do something about this. And that's why I say that Hibs have done the right thing by handing over the footage to Police Scotland. They will now identify the people who did the throwing and they'll be brought to justice. The problem here, and this is why I am pessimistic about the whole thing, This is not about better stewarding, better policing, better CCCTV. These would all help, would they not? Yeah, but this is a people failure. This is not about the measures that you take. This is about the people who are coming into your ground. It's a people failure. Yeah, but how do you fix that though? That's the thing. You don't. You don't. Because as you said yourself, mm. the one who attacked James Tavernier went to prison. And now we've got someone throwing a bottle at a man who was prone yeah. on the ground. But, although I said it, the counter argument surely is you need to do something. You know, what, surely by tightening up as many things as you can to at least reduce the risk. Even if you accept that you're never going to completely stamp it out, you can't change people. Um, because even you talk about education, surely no one's daft enough to think that, that genuinely in the cold light of day that throwing a glass bottle at someone is okay. Yeah, clubs have to do what Leanne Dempster has done today and turn them over to the police. If sentences are a proper deterrent Then the message will eventually Mm. drop And they'll think If I throw this And the the television in here is so good That I am detected And could go to prison for some time 
Then that would bring it to an end But the clubs have now got to take Society's problems Which are inside their grounds And hand them back to society In the form of the courts Now let's speak to Kenny Who's got some thoughts on this Kenny What do you think? How do we stop it? You got any potential solutions? Listen, I, 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 evening guys I, I don't think there's any solution As Hughes just said It's a people thing You know you take the London Bridge. You know there was things uh, that during the Spurs Chelsea game yesterday. The, the the world's gone mad, to be honest with you. And 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 that guy that actually must have been swigging for the bottle and thought you say, "Oh, I'll take it into the ground." And oh, oh, something's annoyed me. I'll throw it. It's just pathetic. You know, it, it truly is. It's it's a sport. Can you see these individuals that we were actually mentioning? You think what's actually going through these individuals? We don't want them at our games. So a lifetime ban. For one offence Would effectively remove Even if it's just that minority here That we're actually uh, trying mm. to Get out the ground anyway Because Kenny you, you, you may well be right You may well be on to something About societal problems But Surely we need To do Something So surely a step would be Let's have a security system in place Which means you cannot get into a ground With a glass bottle And yeah I accept that people might throw a coin then And you can't stop people taking coins But surely Kenny that we, You need to take some sort of steps Given what's happening at the moment Gordon, definitely, uh, but you you, you can't, you know what I mean. Sixty thousand at Parkhead, fifty thousand at Ibrox, and then twenty at Aberdeen, Hibs, Rangers. Where 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 do you draw the line where you stop it? And and I take on Alex's point there. You 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 put them in jail. You say that you get caught throwing something, anything, whether it's a lighter, an apple, a pie, or a bottle. You're going to you're going to serve ten years. It's it's the same thing with drink driving. You well, know, you, I, I believe you Kenny, See this is the thing Hugh I, I, I'm all for a sort of Strict outcome That, that, that really stops this behaviour But Maybe we need to be careful you, You're not getting jailed For 10 years For throwing a pie No I, I believe in the rule of law Is that fair I don't hope, yeah, I hope yeah. I'm not like Trivialising it Because I'm not saying no, It's no. okay But No I say I believe in the rule of law And when you go up Before the court And you have thrown A pie uh, That is Less serious than throwing a bottle, clearly And it is for the court to determine The gravity of the offence And the size of the punishment And that's why I say I believe in the rule of law Hand it over to them Let them decide Do what they're supposed to do Do what they've been trained to do They understand the law The letter of the law And let them deal with it But we have now got to take this To the courts because football on its own mm-hmm. cannot bring this to an end. But what more can football do? I mean, just just for instance, some people might care about this, some people might not. No word from the SPFL yet about the weekend. No, that, that, is that be, is that acceptable, or should we be hearing more? No, it's predictable. It, it is unacceptable, but it is predictable. They will wait until the heat dies down. However. Something very, very serious could have happened to Borna Barisic on Friday night And this cannot be tolerated Go through the stages And Dem- Leanne Dempster has done the right thing by involving Police Scotland Leanne Dempster will have to look at closing that part of the ground as well And saying to mm-hmm. people, what do you want me to do? You periodically embarrass the club by attacking football players and throwing bottles at football players What do you want me to do? Kenny, thank you for the call We've got Robert and Stevenson on the line He's got some interesting thoughts on it So does Jack Ross And we'll hear both of them After the travel with Amber Club.
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Alex Ray and Hugh Evans here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Keep the calls coming on 0141 951 1025. Twitter is at Clyde SSB. Uh, Tam Forsyth's big toe is on Twitter. He says, Good job, Hibs. Identify the problem, spent money identifying the culprits. That's Tom and, uh, and Fraz and a couple of others Johnny and Fraz both saying um, What about mesh nets Fine mesh says Johnny Wouldn't stop small coins but larger items Reduce time wasting Wouldn't obstruct the view really If severe punishments were enough There would be less crime everywhere Move the focus more to protecting players yeah, I'm old enough to remember the days When football fans were fenced in And rather find a solution Than go back the way and the solution is to make sure that the punishment fits the crime and the message is hammered across. Uh, football's got to be proactive now. There's so much antisocial behaviour going on and I don't want to inconvenience the majority because of the, the lunatic mm. actions of the minority. So let society, along with football, clean up its mess McCaff says, any chance of actually talking about the football? Talk about mm. some positive things for a change. McCaff. I would love to I would absolutely love to If we opened up And just spoke about football You would then get accused Of ignoring these issues yes. So this is the mad world That we live in And unfortunately Until fans Certain fans stop Chucking things And being daft That's the way it's going to have to be But we will talk football We're here until 8 o'clock No rush Let's speak to Robert and Stevenson Hi Robert Oh hi Hi Gordon Alec and Hugh Hello. Um, This is just a, a society thing um, it's always been there uh, People would uh, throw things Or uh, Do things I mean I was at uh, I've seen When we went to Celtic Rangers Ibrox And uh, Every time Griffiths took a corner I was getting Things thrown at him I've seen uh, Somebody run on the park To get Brown At Ibrox um, I was at uh, Celtic European game uh, The other night uh, In my granddaughter and uh, two rows in front of us, there was a uh, guy sitting with half half bottles of Buckfast, and I more or less told the steward uh, that was that was happening. And um, he said, "Oh, right, I'll, I'll see someone about it." And then um, eventually, <laughs> nobody came, and all the stewards are sitting down like in front of us. And then the guys ended up starting fighting because I said my granddaughter couldn't see, and these guys end up started fighting and. No stewards came up. So, you know, what chance have you got? And I think if there were mere stewards um, placed up um, nearer the people in the game kind of thing, they'd be able to do things. But then, Well, where, again, do, you, where guys, do you go, Robert? Which area of the ground do you focus on? You know, because trouble can uh, erupt anywhere. And with regard to stewards, uh, clubs pay an awful lot of money for stewards. I accept that. But on an individual basis, they're looking at an incident and thinking, I'm not going in there. Because they don't know what's going, what might happen to them Well I have a lot of sympathy for stewards Because it's very difficult Hugh mm. And they get paid enough to put up with some of the nonsense They have to probably not So I can understand not wanting to dive right into the middle of a, a full scale brawl But surely we can, stewards can stop people bringing in glass bottles Or well, confiscate it, it them should, if they're seen But it should happen before they get in the ground uh, you know, yeah, but it would be stewards doing that though It would be stewards carrying out well, that search and confiscating them I, I go back to it so I people... see Stewards do that at the games Stewards my bag 
gets <laughs> checked every time. I carry a shoulder bag, uh, just my newspapers in and scarf, etc., etc. And that bag has, has got searched every time I go into Celtic Park. Yeah, but see, for me, Robert, for me, guys know where to hide. It's a twenty-first, twenty-first century people failure. As soon as you cure one problem, another one comes along. Uh, we're talking about a weekend where, and let's not forget, it's widespread. A weekend where racism uh, was the main topic out of a very, very good football match in a palace of a football ground. Tottenham Hotspur have created a palace. For people to watch football in, And you get the halfwits there uh, Indulging in what they were indulging in yesterday uh, And you know Whether it's Celtic Park, Ibrox, Easter Road Millions of pounds have been spent On these grounds But there's a people failure Because the people who go into these palaces The minority Misbehave very badly This was Jack Ross's take on it As a human being So I'm answering this as a human being Rather than as a football manager I can't quite get my head around Why MD would make the decision to throw a glass ball at another human being. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. And um, there's, there's a couple of different aspects of that. There's some people that argue that behaviours on the pitch and around the pitch affect that. And that's not. That's, that's garbage. That's an excuse. If somebody that does that deserves the consequences that come with it because it's a ridiculous decision. Thank you to Robert and Stevenson. Let's move swiftly on and get the thoughts of Dylan and Cope Bridge. Hi, Dylan. Hi there. Uh, I'm just phoning in. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, what it is. You're talking about um, the courts doing action on the on the players, not on the fans. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm just quite shocked. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with the courts that can take action. Uh, because to be quite honest with you, people know that there's jail time when you do stuff like that. You hear people getting stabbed in the city centre after games and all sorts, and people know there's consequences. So I think it's the clubs that really need to take action here. Uh, uh, what do you want the clubs to do? More than they are at the moment Would just be the answer Stadium closure stadium I, I just don't understand how. Well, what about that on a serious note What about clubs taking it upon themselves To, well, clearly, to partial closures Did Anne Budge do it previously? I think yeah, she, she did, did yeah. Wasn't popular amongst a lot of the Hearts fans uh, of course well, Too bad They created the problem What sort of fans are we talking about Hibs fans individually Because the incident seemed to be coming from from there, they seem there, to be there. There is an area. There is yeah. an area of the ground that Hibs must be well aware of. It's where most trouble emanates from. It's where Scott Sinclair of Celtic uh, had a bottle thrown at him. Where Tavernier was attacked. Where Barisic was very fortunate to avoid serious injury. So there's an area there, and with their wonderful TV system, Hibs must mm. know to within a seat or two exactly. How big an area that is They now have to consider On a matter of principle Closing that part of the ground Until Such times as fans learn their lesson well, What about though that Punishing innocent fans Who haven't taken part in any of this stuff If we're talking about one guy How big is the section you close? How, how, how many people must pay the price yeah, for that guy? If their in-house television system is so good That they have pinpointed four people today and handed that over to Police mm-hmm. Scotland And they're saying they're continuing to look at it To give Police Scotland more names Therefore, they can isolate an area Seat by seat Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying So how, how many people do you want to pay the price for this If you're talking about closing yeah. sections? Well, let, me, let me put it back to Dylan Because it was your suggestion, Dylan Does no, that... no, I understand what you're saying See, I've been affected by by things such as that See, when they closed the... Uh, the session at Ibrox for the sectarian singing. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I'm not a season ticket holder myself, but I bought two seats in the Brunelon front, and I wasn't able to go to the game because of other fans' actions. So it would be hard for other people, because other people go to the game and they enjoy it. You know that yourself, but I feel as if there's nothing else they can do, because that angered me, and it's when it angers other fans, they take action to it. I mean, it's a really hard it's a really hard thing they've got to do. But you, you, know I mean? like, but you said you said it doesn't involve the police, or it should not involve the police. It should be the clubs. And when we say, well, the clubs should consider closing a part of the ground, you say, ah, but that's not fair. No, Dylan said Dylan was the one who said stadium closures. Dylan said it. He, he suggested no, but, it wait, at the start of his call. He said, I don't think it's a police matter. Correct. I think it's for the clubs, and he wants the clubs to close. Sections of, of the state But he's admitting It's actually interesting To hear from someone Who's actually been affected course, yeah. An innocent party Who had to miss out On going to a game As a result of it I think what we've learned Alex Is that there's there's not One catch all solution yeah. And there is not An easy solution That's absolutely right Gordon And the problem you have Is by actually As, as Dylan says there By punishing a section There's people Who will pay a price They had nothing to do with uh-huh. And I think the idea of well, like Hibs uh, Identifying four people If you have that technology and you can pinpoint them, you can then punish the individuals rather than a group of people who are not uh, culpable for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. Dylan, some very fair points. Well made. Thank you for the call. It's 01419511025 right now for Beat the Pundit, the start of a new week. Again, some of the few goods. Factor of a beat the pundit victory just before Christmas. That's what's up for grabs tonight, as well as the sign ball 01419511025. If you want to play Alex or Hugh, call us now, call us before seven o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans is here Alex Ray is alongside him And we're going over The weekend's biggest talking points We kicked off By looking at the Cosgrove Ryan Porteous tackles We've been talking Bottle throwing It's not really football is it So let's talk about Some of the good stuff as well If you can A lot of good goals A lot of good football A lot of big results This weekend So if you've got any thoughts On that 01419511025 And we'll get to you after this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football it is Beat the Pundit time Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray here with me Gordon Duncan Let's see who's up against one of them On the competition tonight Scott's in Denny Hi Scott Hi there How are you? Feeling confident? I'm not bad I will see what happens I've won two and been beat one before He's so. been on before He's got a track record Are you finished up for Christmas Scott? Aye finished up on Friday oh, aye. Lovely Lovely like to hear that Hugh Keevans Not everyone's yeah. in here grafting Like you Scott's off Feet up Listen I've got to take grandchildren To <laughs> cinema tomorrow <laughs> Christmas Eve When you say got to So that my daughter can get the house ready To have everyone over on Christmas Day I've got to take the little children uh, To the cinema tomorrow <laughs> If anyone sees Hugh Keevans with his grandkids in tow At the cinema tomorrow Wish him well for the festive period He'll be stressed, he'll be up to his eyeballs in it Right, let's toss the coin and see who you're up against Scott, if it's heads it is the cinema goer himself And if it's tails it's Alex Ray and it is Tails Alex against Scott from Denny So I'm going to give Alex some Clyde 2 to listen to Right, he's given us the thumbs up Scott You've got 30 seconds Head to head with Alex You can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit Are you ready? Cheers Right, let's do it What was the score in Livingston's win against Ross County on Saturday? 4-0 Who's the new Everton manager? 
Calangelo. At which stadium did Rangers win the Cup Winners' Cup? New Camp. What nationality is Bolly Bolingoli? Guinean. How many World Cups have Holland won? One. What Scottish side play their home games at Fourth Bank? Stolen Albion. Which side does Darren Young currently manage? Albion Rovers. Who are the current champions of Belgium? Quickly. Say that again, sorry? Club Bruges. Okay, let's bring Alex Ray back. Alex, have you got us? Yes. Great. Same set of questions to you. You ready? Yep. Okay, let's get stuck in. What was the score of Livingston's win against Ross County? Who is the new manager of Everton? Uh, Angelotti. At which stadium did Rangers win the Cup Winners' Cup? Uh, Barcelona. What nationality is Bolly Bolingoli? He's Austrian. How many World Cups have Holland won? None. Which Scottish side play their home games at Fourth Bank? Stirling Abbey. Which side does Darren Young currently manage? He's five. Who are the current champions of Belgium? Bruges. Okay, okay. <sighs> Sounded close to me, Scott. What do you think? Oh uh, yeah, Scott was decent, but I thought yeah. you were not too bad yourself. The score of Livingston's weekend win against Ross County was four 0 You both knew it. You both knew Carlo Ancelotti was the new Everton manager. You both knew Rangers won the Cup Winners' Cup at the New Camp. So we got off to an absolute flyer. Three all after the first three questions. What nationality is Bolly Bolingoli? In fact, Stuart's inquiry: Are we giving Alex Ray Barcelona? Because it's not really the stadium name. No, I don't think you should. Nah, producer Dan shaking his head <laughs> Taking it off him <laughs> It's true I said at which stadium And you said oh, Barcelona dear. Come on got, Those are the rules So uh, you're behind by one What, na- what nationality is volleyball and golly He's Belgian Alright So none of you got that right How many World Cups have Holland won? It is none Alex Ray equalises this thing That, that one counts v- We've checked VAR <laughs> That one counts Which Scottish side play their home games at Fourth Bank? You both knew It was Stirling Albion Darren Young Used to be the Albion Rovers manager Scott He's now the uh, East Fife manager Which means Alex Goes in front And it all comes down to the last one You both said Bruges You were both wrong The answer's Genk And Alex pips you to the post Hardline Scott Good man That was Scott and Denny That was good That was at three Where are we Three Four Five Four A five four win yeah, I like bad, that Nine goal thriller Just in time for I Christmas I can't believe Navigate Genk yeah. You know They were in the Champions League As well I know. Uh, good, It would have been good If you had some recent um, Coaching experience In Belgium To draw upon <laughs> Some knowledge of the, the local I game th- I think uh, Bruges are Canton at the moment yeah. I was looking at it the other day Clearly in my mind Clearly Right 01419511025 In the phones At Clyde SSB On Twitter Lots of people Giving us opinions On bottle throwing How we deal with such incidents so keep the calls coming More than happy to take as many opinions as we can But like we said Hugh We are pretty consistent on always trying To give the football yeah. As much yeah. publicity as, as we can So what caught your eye in terms of results at the weekend? One result in particular For me there's a fascinating story Brewing at Tynecastle. Hearts have won one point Out of the last possible 21 They are now no pun intended Marooned at the bottom of the table They have the Edinburgh Derby To come on Boxing Day with Hibs Daniel Stendhal has had three matches in charge And lost all three Scoring one goal In four and a half hours of football Daniel Stendhal decided It is reported To fly back to Germany For family reasons He's not coming back until Christmas Day 
there will be no training on Christmas Day because he is superstitious and doesn't think you should train on Christmas Day. They're playing Hibs and Boxing Day. I do not get what is going on. If he loses that match, Anne Budge has got a major problem on her hands from her supporters, the people to whom she's handing the club over in the summertime. And at the top, Alex, yeah, it's fascinating. Porteous and Cosgrove and Bottles, that those took the headlines. But Rangers went to Easter Road, demolished Hibs, played ever so well, and then it was over to Celtic to try and respond. They go ahead early on, eventually pegged back through Sam Cosgrove, and then a fine winner from Odson yeah. Edward. So it's it's heating up again at the yeah, top. Yeah, but we, we often talk about you know your Hamiltons, your, your St Johnsons, your St Mirrens, uh, Hearts. The key battle is at the top, Gordon. You they're neck and neck. Um, I was uh, really impressed by Rangers' performance on Friday, the way they went about their business. I was talking to my good pal, Davey Farrell, who was at the Celtic game, and he says it's as good as they've played for a long time, Hugh. He thought uh-huh. they were excellent. And uh-huh. he says he highlighted where they'd won fours and fives. and says they were brilliant on that day. He felt as if they were better at the weekend. So the two of them are clearly playing at the top of the game. And uh, your team, Gordon, you know, four wins out of the last five. Motherwell, the remarkable job that Stephen Robinson continues to do. And we go back to the point with Hearts. Been overlooked For a job Having doing so well With limited resources You know And then they go for a foreigner mm. So Time will tell Whether that's the correct decision By Ann Budge Yeah I mean Hugh All across the division You're now looking at Muddle back into third Clearly very tight With Aberdeen Below that You're, you're wondering Who can make a run In this, the second half Of the season To try and And keep up with them In terms of challenging The European places Maybe Hibs will Come good There's still been Signs of optimism Under yeah. Jack Ross It's been a bit of a mixed bag um, So there's a lot, lot of intrigue As we head towards yeah. Christmas I, I can just imagine The way things work In this country If Jack Ross Doesn't win that match At Tynecastle Then He'll have one win In That'd be six Six yeah. And The pressure will transfer To him Because the Hib supporters Will say Hearts have won Two games all season They've won one point Out of a possible 21 In the last seven And Everyone Seems able to beat them Why didn't we? So that's the fascination Of the 12.30 kick-off In Boxing Day A huge match uh, And for Daniel Stendel In particular I think He has to win He has to show some sign Because the Hearts supporters Are now justifiably Thinking to themselves We could get relegated So lots of different stories brewing Let us know what you think 01419511025 What other takeaway what other points did you take away, I should say, from the weekend? Uh, John Kennedy says Celtic put in a great performance against Aberdeen. He admits they have been missing chances uh, in recent weeks, um, but he says that they're not worried about that at the moment. Another great three points, you know, great performance. You know, we'd like to put the game to bed earlier, but, you know, we had to see it out in the end. But, you know, in terms of our general performance, you know, chances we created, the way we played... You know, it's terrific. You know, everybody expects us to go and win five and six every game. Um, and we'd love to do that, really would. But reality is, you know, you, you can't do that all the time. Sometimes you have to win 2 1, you have to win 2 The most important thing is that we are playing the way we're playing. We're creating these chances because we know on any given day that it'll click and we'll score five or six, you know. But there are games that you see, have to see out 2 0, 2 1, whatever it might be. You've got to respect that, you know. But generally, looking at the performance, if you're not creating the chances and you're not scoring the goals, You've got a problem, you know. But the way we're performing, the chances we're creating, you know, there's no issue there for us. We'd love to be more clinical, and that's something we'll, you know, continue to reinforce with the players to put the games to bed when we can. But you know, there's an opposition that you have to get by as well, and you know, when they're throwing the bodies and the line blocks, saves everything else, 
also got respect that as well These types of situations reveal what type of person you are Hugh, Because yeah. some people would say Do you know what, not bothered at all We're creating, if you're a Celtic fan I'm talking about Creating loads of chances It's a matter of time before we put them all away yeah. Some people get a bit more anxious And I think the first two callers on the show on Saturday were more along the lines of oh, I'm not sure if James Forrest is working there And I don't like Ryan Christie out wide And I think we need to score a bit more So I don't think anyone's right or wrong It, it just shows you that there's, there are different ways of looking at Celtic's position at the moment We've got a fascinating one in Boxing Day I think St Mirren Now St Mirren can't score And that's why they are down where they are in the table But for some reason Celtic can sometimes find Paisley an awkward shift they must win all three points prior to the game against Rangers because they need to go into that game with a five-point lead, putting a psychological pressure on Steven Gerrard's side. Now, as John Kennedy said, and it's been the case for a few weeks, Celtic, according to Neil Lennon, should have run riot against Hearts at Tynecastle, but didn't. They get two goals and that was that. Second half, nothing They have to be on their game At Paisley They will want to win, I think, with style And thereby build up their own momentum And confidence going into the match against Rangers I actually understand what John Kennedy's talking about there, Gordon Because they're carving out chance after chance They're playing some free-flowing football uh, And the concern would be is If you're not creating any chances But, you know, they've got so many good players They've got so many guys who can win a match uh, Drop your hat uh, and they'll just be delighted in the manner which they're continually racking up the points. And uh, I think the key thing in going into that uh, Boxing Day game, Hugh, is, is who plays in these games. You know, we often say with Rangers and Celtic, they arrest anyone because of the the magnitude of uh, you know Sunday's game. So, but the importance has to be on the next game in terms yeah. of the points. Uh, and let's hear from Stephen Gerrard on the performance earlier on. Of course, it was all about the you know, bottle throwing and other incidents. What about you know, the football side of it at Easter Road? Yeah, very happy. I thought we were we were excellent up until the, the red card. Very dominant. People will go away talking about the goals and the front three, and rightly so because they showed extreme quality in, in the goals. But I was really pleased with our back seven as well. How solid we were, and how organised we were, and that gave us the the base to go and attack well from. So. Very pleased with the win, clean sheet. There was a lot of pressure on the players before the ball was kicked tonight, and we've handled it very well. You're looking for the, the forward players to make a mark with Alfredo out, and they certainly didn't. Well, yeah, I'm sure you guys had your pencils ready. You were all ready to write the headlines, one-man band, and they can't cope without Morelos. But unfortunately, the players have put a performance in which will make us all talk about them rather than Alfredo, and I think the performance deserves that. Is it credit to the other Rangers players, Alex, that when Stephen Davis, arguably one of Rangers' most yeah. important midfielders, was injured at the cup final People probably haven't noticed his absence If that makes sense It's a compliment to the rest Because they performed well in the cup final But lost it They continued to, to win since then And now with Morelos as well No fuss really With those guys missing That That's the difference Gordon When you look back to last year The options that Steven Gerrard had Was limited uh, He recognised the importance of getting players Middle to front Who could change a game Trying to add more depth in that area uh, I think the good thing about it from a Rangers perspective is Arfield, who was going to go through a kind of difficult period there, is now stepped back one and he's actually looking a lot more comfortable there. He's assured. Um, but, you know, you look at the familiarity of Kamara, Jack, uh, uh, Arfield. If Davis comes back in the next couple of days, cause he's back in training now as well. So uh, that's a positive for Rangers because you're going to have a headache in these next couple of games who actually plays. They've got another fascinating one, like Celtic on Boxing Day. Come on. 
Kilmarnock got rid of Angelo Alessio No one's quite sure why Alex Dyer takes over And the performance was not up to scratch And Kilmarnock are in the middle of a bit of a rut And there's internal disarray So they go to Ibrox What could go wrong? Anything Same as Celtic at <laughs> Paisley uh, So both clubs On paper Look as if they've been given a lovely starter ahead of the main course at Celtic Park on Sunday. How but, did you, sorry, I thought you were done. But they have to prove it's a lovely starter. Yeah, Alex, how did you find this period as a player where I don't know the individual yeah. sh- schedules of the club? I mean, if, if clubs are playing Boxing Day, they, they probably are training Christmas Day. Hearts yeah. aren't, we covered that earlier. Um, you're sort of going from game to game and trying to squeeze in another yeah. thing what's it like as a player I never had an issue Gordon because uh, I think the key thing as a footballer you want to play games so you will play Saturday you may be playing a Tuesday or a Wednesday uh, and in between that you're just recovering really so you're not doing a great deal of intensity and the games are coming thick and fast and if the, the key thing for me is the mindset because everybody's in party central you know all the yeah. office parties your wife's gone you know all this is all going on round about you and you have to be the consummate professional you have to deal with all the circumstances and it's just the key thing is the mental side and actually the physical side of getting through this period because when you're winning, you just want to keep going. Or adversely, if you imagine the Hearts boys are now trying to pick themselves up, going, oh. Christmas, can he buy a win? The fans are on their back. So I think Rangers and Celtic are going to this period in, in fine form, really looking forward to the games coming up ahead. 01419511025. Anything that's on your mind, share it with us. If you'd rather tweet, you can do it at Clyde SSB. Let's speak to Paul in Helensburg. Hi, Paul. How you doing, gents? Uh, this problem regarding uh, violent behaviour by the fans, throwing bottles, throwing this and that, surely the uh, the law of the land says that the employers have a legal responsibility for health and safety uh, regarding their employees. You know, I'd love to hear a legal position on that because someone is responsible and it's either one of the clubs it's a fair point Paul makes you Because I know earlier on You were very much of the opinion of Well if you're throwing stuff like that It's a police matter You know let the police deal with it If Fraser Wishart was here I can almost hear him That's their place of work You know if, if I was yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was to throw a bottle at you in here Yeah the police might eventually Come and deal with it But you know In your place of work Your employer or, or, or whoever Is in charge of those surroundings yeah. Surely has to take a level of responsibility Well Hibs know Where, where the bad guys are Inside. This will not go away Yeah I understand uh, that. It won't go away until the clubs start feeling the pinch Yeah Hibs know where the bad guys congregate Now they should be tightening security At the point of entry to the ground uh, You're right If you are in there with a bottle How did you get in there with a bottle? So you know Every club knows the areas where they have to watch Do, do they though? Because it I mean you're right In terms of that area Easter Road uh-huh. There's been a couple of Different incidents In in the corner at Fir Park But if you think about it Over It, it can happen I mean it was, a, it was a pie But there was one thrown from About the halfway line At Pataudry At James Tavernier yep. In my short time in the show I think a caller mentioned it earlier Was, there, was it Batteries At Lee Griffiths There was an assistant referee At, at the, Livingston, at, at Livingston. Is it, is it a bit too simplistic to say Oh we know exactly where it's going to come from And we focus our attentions there Because it could come from anywhere I, That's uh, the point yeah, yeah. By and large They know yeah. where the, the the dodgy guys are uh, But you're right They have to step up their own game uh, Football likes to think of itself as being self-policing uh, But as Paul says 
uh, somebody might take a look at that and think, well, wait a minute. It's your responsibility. It's your house. You have to decide who gets into your house and how they behave while they're in your house. Exactly. Gentlemen, 10 years ago, I remember being at Parkhead and Hugh Dallas being struck with a coin. You know, so nothing has changed. It's got to cost the clubs money. And that money either has to be in greater security or shut an area of the ground. And as soon as it starts hitting the, the, the clubs in the pocket, you watch it disappear. Problem but, but, is, Paul, the clubs aren't going to sign up for a, a scheme like that. Yeah, or they're well, going to be reluctant to, aren't yeah, they? But, but, but Paul says that. Paul says they have to invest. And they, they, I think they've put £100,000 in, uh, Hibs, to upgrade their security, CCTV. They've identified the four culprits and to hit them in the pocket on top of trying to do the right thing. Now, even if you did shut a section of the stand, I'm not actually sure that it will deter certain idiots out there who have a mindset to oh. come in and do something like that. Yeah, the, it's hard to tell, but the counter-argument is but you need to do something. Well, you can't just leave it yeah, the way it is. Ha- Gordon, if you take Hibs in this isolation, last year they had an incident, this year they've invested £100,000, they've already got the CCTV directly to the police, mm-hmm. so for me that is actively doing something about it. Okay, thank you very much, Paul and Helensborough. Some interesting points. 01419511025. Um, we've got a full-time teaser coming up, and I, I don't say this lightly, but something much more important than a full-time teaser I want to tell you about first. Let's go! Clyde won the Christmas cash register. Win £100,000 in our biggest ever payout. Give me that cash. Right, imagine this. Imagine waking up on Christmas morning with £100,000 in your bank account. Wow. Uh-huh. What a sum of money That could genuinely be you If you're the final winner On the Christmas cash register Enter now That life changing cash Can be yours Tomorrow That would change Anyone's life That amount of money £100,000 And it could not be simpler To enter All you have to do Is text YES To 61025 Even Hugh Keevans Nokia can handle that Text the word YES to 61025 Are you sure? <laughs> over 18s You're definitely over 18 as well The text costs £2 Plus your standard message rate Online entry and T's and C's Are on the website Here's how you play You need to get the entry in Before 3pm On Christmas Eve That's tomorrow So don't miss out Just because You messed about And took too long Get it done now Before 3pm tomorrow And across the Hits Radio Network Scotland Grant Thompson Will make as many calls As it takes To give away the cash He's giving it away yeah. We're not keeping it It is getting given away Answer your phone Within five rings And tell them The final Christmas cash Register amount Sometimes you need to write them down I think you'll remember this one £100,000 That's it If you're the winner We'll pay every single penny Straight into your bank account This is our biggest Payout Ever It's amazing Ever So to win £100,000 On the Christmas cash register Go on to the website Or text YES To 61025 Good luck Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here Hugh Keevans, something just caught my eye From the giant television screen oh. behind you Not necessarily Scottish football But I noticed the Sheffield United manager Chris Wilder yeah. He was going round the press at the press conference And handed out what looks like gift boxes to them all Individually, a shake of the hand Merry Christmas, lovely to work with you this year Hands yeah. over the gift box Would that catch on up here? Have you ever been on the receiving end of such festive kindness? I can top that <laughs> Go for it I got a Fortnum and Mason's hamper. Oh, now, lovely. we know about the worldwide reputation of Fortnum and Mason's in London. Yes. And I was helping a well-known footballer with his column at that time at Daily Record. And he sent me a Fortnum and Mason's hamper. 
Sensational uh, Can't hide class Let me tell you You don't find Milky bars And Twix bars In those You find the proper stuff In there I was going to open up And say what Suggestions would you uh, Put forward for your club To give the press For Christmas But I, th- I think I'll probably Leave that I don't think that's going to Leave it at Fortnum and Mason. I don't think it'll take off in, in quite the way you'll be hoping Hugh Keevens Let's get tonight's teaser up mm. and running What you can give us Is a full time teaser As many as you like If you want to hear your question used on the show The address you need is Fulltime At Clyde1.com Maybe you've got a bit of time off Over the festive period You're looking for A bit of downtime from the madness Why not get thinking Come up with a question Send it into the show And you could hear it Fulltime at Clyde1.com Martin sent tonight's in So thank you to Martin He is looking for Only seven players Who have scored for Celtic On Italian soil Now seven players Have scored for Celtic On Italian soil Who are they? Well we'll start off Edward. With the Cham Eduard is not one And Cham is one Larson Hartson I mean if it's about People who scored goals For Celtic You're always as well Just throwing Larson in And hoping that it sticks And on this occasion It has It has indeed stuck Big Sotty No He scored against Juventus Here I think yeah. um, Larson yeah, did he, it He keeps telling us <laughs> Larson did it over there Yeah mm-hmm. So Larson's one of them Cham is another uh, Hooper Oh by the way You're on fire Brilliant shot I expected you to struggle a bit more That's already Three of seven So we'll leave it there Gary Hooper Olivier in Cham And Henrik Larsson If you want to play along Get your tweets in at Clyde SSB Seven players have scored for Celtic On Italian soil Who are they? Now Give me your reaction Hugh When you heard that John McGinn Got injured in the English Premier League At the weekend And is facing potentially Up to three months out injured With Scotland's playoff In precisely three months time Well the first thing I did Was look at the stats And he scored uh, six goals In uh, the last three international appearances uh, now, that's a fifth, 20% of what Dennis Law and Kenny Dalglish got uh, as their all-time record goal scorers with the national team. John McGinn got 20% of that in three games. Therefore, if he misses out because of the ankle fracture, it's a major blow for Stevie Clark. We wish him well. We hope yeah, it is a speedy recovery. recovery. Um, just... Alex We need all the all the help we can get All the yeah. luck we can get Moving towards these That would be a massive blow But there is a long way to go um, I'm sure he's a, he is a sturdy character As we know So I'm not giving up hope yet Yeah we're hopeful that he's uh, Ahead of schedule uh, Come come uh, March Gordon Because he's such an important player As you rightly said He scored a couple against Kazakhstan I think it was One against Cyprus uh, Hat trick Against San Marino so it's important to try and get goal scorers into the team going because we keep mentioning how light we are up top. But it's not just that. You take it from an Aston Villa point of view, you know, he is one of the key players. They've just dropped into the relegation zone. So they'll be desperate to try and get him back on uh, on the field to play. Right, the number you need to get in touch tonight is 0141 What did you make of your team's performance at the weekend? There's been a lot of talk about tackles and bottles and that's fine if you want to share those thoughts. We will take them. No problem at all But what about the football side of things as well What did you see from your team Things that impressed you Things that didn't We're now halfway through the season it's Scary to think yeah, that Because time flies But for some teams You've played officially 50% of your league games So what do you make of it at this stage 0141 951 1025 One man who 
Probably didn't imagine it would be this good After 50% of the games Is Stephen Robinson He's praising his players' resilience It was a win against Kilmarnock at the weekend 1-0 He also says he'd be delighted If they could go into January in third place Didn't think there was, there was a whole lot between the two sides I thought we started brighter I thought we had a lot of the ball And chances went across the box and that But we didn't finish And then they started to come into the game And if you're going to come here and get results And, and be where we are on the table You've got to be resilient I thought we showed that today I thought our back four were excellent I thought Mark O'Hara for his first start in midfield Was, was very good as well and as you say, a bit of quality wins the game. Probably the difference between the two sides. Goalkeeper made a few big saves at big times. Yeah, um, saves I expect him to make. Mark's a very good goalkeeper, and he has to be to keep Trevor Carson out of the team at the moment. Back in a third place, I mean, I don't know, like it's obviously it's, it's early. I mean, we're before the break, but psychologically, you know, sit, if, if you can be sitting there by the time you get to January and, and, and the break, will you be quite happy with that? I'd be absolutely delighted. Um, yeah, we're third. We've got two tough games. You know, we're, we're going up to Ross County next, where I've, I've got the utmost respect for the coaching staff and the ownership up there as well. So we have to be at our best. We, we can't play 70% win football matches. You know, we need to be right at our very best. Um, we need to keep pushing people. As I say, Mark O'Hara came in today. Thought some super performance, Jake Carroll. But Richard Tate's waiting in the background, ready to play as well. So that's the only way you drive people forward. And, and I do believe we've got a good squad. If we continue with them type of performances and, and showing the resilience we did today, then there's no reason why we can't stay there. Motherwell are one of those sides, Hugh. The majority of the league have played 19 games. 50 yeah. per, you're halfway there. It's quite scary to think. It feels like that first Saturday in August it only seems like yesterday, but we're halfway through the league and Stephen Robinson's side sitting third at the moment. I think we have to see this in true perspective. You're talking about Celtic and Rangers. Celtic, cash rich. Uh, Rangers have... The potential to earn big bucks Motherwell are small change by comparison But they punch above their weight On a consistent basis And the job that Stephen Robinson in particular has done Is outstanding And his recruitment is outstanding And he keeps coming up with them Mark Gillespie is a terrific goalkeeper Mark O'Hara did well Gallagher They're all there Mm-hmm. The job he's done is sensational And Alex, as we well know It's a results driven business yeah. And he's talking there You know, Don't think there was much between the sides um, Was it the St Johnston game that they won 4-0 But yet still people were saying Actually, it wasn't necessarily a brilliant performance But won 4-0 Gordon. The Hearts game as well Yeah, it could have been better But, but just winning games Just doing the, doing what you need to do To get the three points in the bag And yes, you know, losing to Rangers Losing to Celtic perhaps Expected, no shame, And then every now and then You'll lose to a Hibs or, or whatever it may be There was a Ross County Disappointment earlier in the season But by and large To have that number of points On the board after yeah. 19 games You know To have 34 points yeah. Way more than they had At this stage last season Yeah when you look at Kamarnock, Gordon Who are in fifth You know We've been waxed lyrical About them for the last Couple of years There are 11 points Ahead of them At the halfway stage You know That gives you a, a Brilliant cushion And if you had any Kind of form Going into this Second part of the season The likelihood is They'll be in the top four And if you used to have said to me At the beginning of the season Because of the number of players That were changed In and around that Motherwell squad Out and then coming in You think to yourself What a remarkable job mm. uh, Their opposition in the weekend Kilmarnock They'll feel hard done by There wasn't There wasn't much in the oh. game Should the Kilmarnock goalkeeper Have saved the free kick I know it was I mean Jake Carroll Caught it fine Credit to him And a lot of people Who were at the game And, and saw it once Or saw it first time Thought oh wow Great free yeah. kick But when you see it back from Behind Jake Carroll It's extremely close to the goalkeeper And that's one of the reasons why I don't think they're entitled to feel hard done by They lost a poor goal Not taking away from Jake Carroll But the goalkeeper 
could just have extended his arm and stopped yeah. it. Um, and they missed the sitter of the day with Eamon Brophy. So I don't think they're entitled to we were hard done by. You got what you deserved in the end. Yeah, I think I think one of the things is Keeper well disappointed. Oh, Brunescu. You know, I've had him in my team of the week uh, for a few times. Thank <laughs> God he wasn't at the weekend. Gordon, he's tried to anticipate it coming over the wall and he's gambled and unfortunately can't readjust to come back and, and just as Hugh says, just dolly it away because it was a it was right down his throat at that side. So I'll be disappointed for that side and uh but I think Kamarnock need to think where they're going in the next week or two, Hugh. Oh. They either have to go with Alex Dyer or they have to look outside and see who's available because they need to get some stability in around that dressing room because they're on a little bit of a dip at the moment. Yeah, I think with the Ibrooks and you know, as I say, it's very important for Rangers and Celtic on Boxing Day to get the kind of result that sends them into the match against each other, feeling tip top. And uh, mm, I'm not sure Kilmarnock will like going to Ibrooks and Boxing Day. Uh, we've got Alec, who is a Celtic fan on the line tonight. Hi, Alec. Hi lads, how you doing? Good, Good thank you. Aye, obviously it's just uh, the, the build up to the, the old firm game and I know that we've got a game on the Wednesday but let's just say like Celtic take care of St Murray and just take care of Kilmarnock and uh, we get into that game Celtic five points clear. I firmly believe that if Celtic beat Rangers at Parkhead and go eight points clear albeit before all the Rangers fans start sounding the phone that Rangers have got a game in hand I think that eight points will be just far too much for Rangers to overcome. I think. Uh, I heard you in Saturday, sorry, I heard you in Saturday talk about Rangers going to Celtic Park and playing the way that they played in the cup final, which is fair enough. But what you what you forgot to say was that Celtic are going to have a fit odds in Edward in a lineup in a starting eleven. No, he terrorises Rangers. He's like, he's like. Versus Dembele when, when Dembele used to play against Rangers So I'm very confident Getting into that game on Sunday And that could be The league could be wrapped up For me anyway well, you, you, you yourself acknowledged the game in hand though Alex what if, what if such a time comes when it goes back To five points Is that You're not as well, well thinking of it that way Well if you keeps on saying that You know the only people that can That can sell it and Rangers can beat Is themselves Okay yeah. Oh. Each other, but, but Celtic get beat with Livingston and Celtic drew with Hibs. Now, I, I, don't be, I, I believe that Celtic and Rangers won't get through to this season without dropping points. Now, Rangers will drop points, Celtic will drop points. But I, I just believe that, you know, looking at that table with eight points, albeit with a game in Horn, you know, uh, and after Jan, Jan, when Celtic come back for their, their winter. Uh, training camp Celtic usually I think the last season They went on a, a run A run with about what, Eight or nine games Or something uh, You know that's taking, that's taking a bit If Celtic can do that again That takes a bit Of the chunk away The great thing about Being a fan Is that You can Be like Alec And you can say This will happen That will happen And then that will happen uh, And you don't Consider the possibility Of the The coin Having another side some might say that you do that as well. Um, that, I'm just drawing attention <laughs> to the fact that St Mirren ought to be... Let's be blunt about it. St Mirren ought to be easy for Celtic. But Livingston was supposed to be easy. And we know how that turned out. Um, but if Celtic do go into the game against Rangers with five points of an advantage, 
what I will say is they will start with, I think, a tremendous psychological advantage, assuming that Odson Edward is fit to start the game. They know that at the back of Rangers' minds, they're thinking, we cannot possibly leave here eight points behind because that might be an insurmountable lead. So a win over St Mirren and a win over Rangers would put Celtic, I think, in a tremendous position. Listen, I think uh, Alex says, you know, if it goes to eight points, potentially back down to five, uh, he admits that there will be points dropped between now and the end of the season. So I still think there's a long way to go, 19 games now. And you don't know if one or two of your key players might... Uh, lose form or get injured or suspended you just don't know what's round the corner so I think there's a long way to go uh, but if you are 8 points going into Monday morning then most Celtic because of the home form as well Hugh, you know, I think mm. Rangers Celtic have been so dominant uh, but I think there's such a big gap between the two of them at the moment uh, over the rest Hugh. Yeah, you know there might not be as many points dropped as, as Alex thinks well you know there are Motherwell having praised Motherwell and I'm not decrying Motherwell when I say this they just happen to be the team who are third they're 15 points behind Celtic, yeah. you know, at the halfway stage. Uh, that's the kind of gap that is opening up now. And Celtic have played a game less. Rangers have played two yeah. less. And Alec, as I say, is perfectly entitled to come on as a deeply committed game-attending supporter and say, this will happen, then that will happen. Um, that's the theory. We now have to see what happens in practice. Thank you very much Alec 0141 What about this teaser tonight It was sent in by Martin If you want to hear your question Used on the show in the future We would love to have it So send it in to Fulltime at Clyde1.com Martin says Can you name the only seven players Who have scored for Celtic On Italian soil You've got Henrik Larsson You've got Gary Hooper And you've got Olivier in Cham Gary Hooper did it against Udinese In the Europa League Henrik Larsson did it against Juventus in the Champions League And Cham most recently in the Europa League James Forrest Yep, he did it in the same game as Cham just a couple of weeks ago So you've got four down, three to go Sinclair? No Chris Commons? No Frank McAvenny? No Paul McStay? No Charlie Nicholas? You two need some thinking time (laughs) That's what I've concluded From that run of answers So we'll get some thinking time And we'll try and get the rest of the answers to the teaser And more of your calls next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader for compensation Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are on the home straight Your final Clyde One Super Scoreboard before the big day Mm. Hugh Keevans make it a good finish Why don't you? We're on the teaser sent in by Martin And he wants to know the seven players who've scored for Celtic on Italian soil So you've got Henrik Larsson Who did it in Turin Against Juventus You have got Gary Hooper Who did it against Udinese And you've got Forrest And in Cham From just a couple of weeks ago Who did it in Rome Against Lazio So that's four down And three to go John Hartson No Still in Petrov Yes Not yeah. done Same game as Henrik Larsson Dembele Juventus three Celtic two No Samaras Nope uh, Billy McNeil No So what have we got Two to get Two to get um, Are we talking Ancient history Well I mean what, You talking about us two <laughs> One of them is Going back a good bit I would say Bobby Leonard That's all I'm willing to tell you At the moment No um, Rambo McAnally Repeat the question back to me Specifically what did I say 
Seventh, seventh seven place. scored on Italian soil. Right. So on Italian soil. Might you want to pay particular attention to that line? What can Italian soil mean other than in Italy? Right, but does it have to be against an Italian team just ah. because it's on Italian soil? And I'm looking at you for this one, Hugh Kevens. No. Tommy Gamble. Show me your working. Can you remember the details? Or was it just a guess? Because you're right. Well, obviously it was a playoff. No. Where did where was the who did Celtic play in the European oh, Cup of final? Of course, of course. They played in uh, Milan, didn't they? They did, against Feyenoord. Yeah. And they lost 2-1, but Tommy Gamble scored. So there we go. See, we got there in the end. Uh, you have... One more. One more to go. You've got plenty... Well, I say plenty of time. You've got time um, to get it. Still time to get a call in as well, by the way. 0141-951-1025. Um, let's hear from Brian Rice. An important win for yeah. the Ackies. Bottom of the table clash at the weekend against Hearts. And the Ackies come out on top. Mikel Miller got... Goal of the weekend from one of you Who was it? Shuggy Here's what Brian Rice had to say At full time He was clearly delighted With what he witnessed He says they're outstanding at times And at one point in the match They had the youngest ever Hamilton team fielded In the Premiership He was also happy with Mikael Miller I don't normally say this When we win games But I thought we thoroughly deserved to win the match Our second half performance I thought was outstanding The two goals we scored And I was just looking at the team there now And I brought Lewis Smith off the bench That's the youngest Hamilton team There's ever been in the Premier League Alec Goggage at 25 Was the oldest player in the team 20 year old goalie 17 year old centre half 19 year olds 18 year olds Putting a shift in I don't show my emotions When we get beat I'm I'm okay When we win I'm okay I'm delighted for my lads today Absolutely delighted For everything they've been through Over the last few weeks And still grinding out performances Without getting the results Today We deserve to win today I think we play with men, like men Most of the time Sometimes Our quality isn't, isn't the best I think the desire And the spirit And the quality of the two goals today Was outstanding Should have best on Michael When you moved them up When Davis came off And you put Lewis on And got him closer to open no, That's what causing us a problem The first 20-25 minutes With our shape So I changed the shape And I put Mikel in Behind the two strikers And it just opened the pitch up For him a little bit more And I know Mikel's qualities Second half When I put him up, up front There's space in behind For him to run in And he's quick Over the last six weeks He's got himself fitter He's got himself stronger And he's got a wee, playing a wee bit of confidence in there. I think the goal he scored today With his right foot I think it was You know it sums up his performance I'm absolutely delighted for uh, Brian and his team When you consider just as We'll listen to that piece there When he was uh, acknowledging that it was the youngest Hamilton team in the Premier League It's absolutely brilliant The work they do there in developing kids Is absolutely superb They've got a great community They give a lot back as well You know, to off the field With addiction stuff and that as well With the, the hierarchy And they were on such a poor run But there was games I, sp- I spoke to him last week Gordon at the Motherwell game And he says Listen I like we're very close You know we're losing By the odd goal here or there He says we just need to Keep plodding away And to go and beat a team With the resources that Hearts have Is brilliant And credit to Hamilton On the one hand Credit to Hamilton On the other hand Discredit Where Hearts are concerned I mean That's a great stat If you're a Hamilton fan Or yeah. the Hamilton manager mm. But If you're Associated with Hearts That's an embarrassment Ian is a Partick Thistle fan on the line What did you make of that at the weekend Ian? A 1-0 defeat at home to Dundee Ah, shocking Firstly I'd just like to say Season's greetings to all the guys I've been on a few times in the past And it's been a few weeks I've stayed off because I thought we'd turned the corner (laughs) Uh, Saturday uh, uh, Normal service was resumed I'm afraid Um, 
Me and McCall said they didn't think we deserved to lose the game, but when they have done and they say your keeper's a man of the match, it's, it says it all for me, really. Um, I'm, really I'm, I'm really concerned again because our next two games are away to the two teams, one above and directly below us. Them have been derated to have beaten everybody. Uh, I can't understand. He's out and signed a guy, Doherty, from Air United and Brownlee from Queen of the South. But it's pre-seasons he signed them on, so he can't get them until next, the next season. His main concern at the moment should be getting players for this season to get us out of the position we're in, not putting the squad together for next season because he doesn't even know what league we're going to be in. He he will be doing that though. I mean, you can rest assured because I've spoken to Ian and I understand how he feels about the current Partick Thistle squad. Was this when he took part in your music video? Yeah, yeah that day we had a wee conversation. <laughs> call night long was yeah. the line I liked it. Before we filmed all that, we had a conversation and his he knows his squad is is. Insufficient for the job they have to do So that will be attended to In the fullness of time But because you're away from home Ian You know Thistle have had Arguably some of their best results This season Away from home Inverness Previously Um, Ian how big is that Morton game When you look at the table They're only one point above you They have that game in hand as well Though this Looks like a big one you've got coming up I think uh, the, the next three games are all huge. Yeah. Um, if Morton beat them and then get, take anything for a game in hand, it really puts us in a tricky position. If we don't beat Alwa, we could end up back bottom the league again. If all that good work that they've done is just all going to be undone. And, and I don't really hold out a lot of hope against the D United after the way we played against the Yeah, Yeah, let's see. But if you look at the form, sorry, Hugh, if you look at the form that they've actually hit recently, they've got five wins. Out of the last eight, Hugh, which isn't bad, you know, yeah. it's, it's shown some signs of improvement. And he, he, you're absolutely right, he's having to build for next year as well. But seeing the window, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't uh, hasn't identified players in which yeah. he will try and turn this mm. around. He will, he, he's working on that. Um, but I go back to the point, Ian, you're talking about two matches away from home, Partick Thistle away from home are arguably better than they are at home. It doesn't sound like Ian has much festive cheer with regards to his football team So Ian, being in Bears Den, I will get Hugh Keevans, shaking Keevans To stop by on his way home and cheer you up Does that sound okay? Alright then, I'll call him, I'll be ready for you, okay? <laughs> Ian, Ian, just before you go, Patrick Thistle's away form this season They're currently sitting fifth out of the, the yeah. table form So the, their away form's actually a lot better than There home. we go, that'll cheer you up Ian Until next time, 01419511025 was the number Ian dialed your Probably going to have to take it down though And give us a call back tomorrow If you've got anything on your mind Because we are entering the final stages Of tonight's show I wouldn't want to shoehorn another call in And have to kick you off As the theme tune starts to play Uh, So it seems appropriate To just round off tonight's Full time teaser Just a quick reminder That if you want to take part Or if you want to have your question used On the teaser You send them in to us the questions So it's fulltime at Clyde1.com Martin has done that tonight We thank Martin for his question And he says Seven players have scored for Celtic on Italian soil. Who are they? You've got Tommy Gemmel, you've got Stylian Petrov, you've got Henrik Larsson, you have Olivier and Cham and James Forrest from this season. You've only got, oh, you've also got Stylian. Did I say Stylian Petrov? Yes. You missed and Hooper. Hooper. Right, you've got one to get. Um, defender? Yes. Oh, I'm thinking the centre half here. What about uh, Mike McManus? Uh, no So uh, Peter Gray has gone for Stuart Armstrong I don't mind telling you that's yep. wrong Scotland Howie Has got it And it, it's a pfft. Stan Vager <gasps> You're joking oh. You should say that I'll do a defender I thought we would have been here Until next Christmas And you've nailed it Stan 
Varga <laughs> Well done Alex Ray I did not see that coming Well done Stan Varga was the last one Thank you to Hugh Kevens And Alex Ray It was a busy show But we're back tomorrow At 6 o'clock Christmas Eve We are still here Gordon DL will be here uh, Roger Hanna alongside him So if you've got any thoughts Please do get them into us uh, Callum Gallagher is up next So you might as well Just stay where you are I don't know if you're Wrapping presents or whatever Relax Callum will keep you company And we'll see you tomorrow night At 6 o'clock Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.